<laughs> we work so hard to get stronger, happier, more productive and successful. Don't forget the secret ingredient. Get grounded in play. Play grounding when it's time to get a life. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Playgrounding Podcast. This is Kara Stewart-Fortier, and I am coming to you from vacation. Um, when I publish this, I will not be around. I will be out in the middle of Burning Man, and I will either be stressed beyond belief as a mayor of a 300-person village on Esplanade, or I might have hopefully found a way to just let go and have fun, which is what I'm hoping will be the case. Um, either way, you will hear all about it from my audio diaries of my 100 Days of Play meets the Moderation Management Moderate 40, which I talked all about in last week's episode. Um, again, apologies for the uh, horrible audio quality. I am recording this on a lapel mic in my hotel room because I didn't get all my work done before I left for the playa. But you know what? That happens, and I'd rather go ahead and get you another episode um, rather than be so worried about quality right at this particular moment that you miss out on this amazing interview with Doug Smith. Doug, Doug really got me by sharing from his 2011 blog a challenge of 30 sports in 90 days, and he would go and initiate these relationships with people in all these new sports with the phrase, can I play? And I absolutely love um, just Doug's spirit and his his idea and his way of handling and teaching fitness as a teacher. Doug is a national board certified physical education trainer in Charlotte, North Carolina. He's been teaching elementary PE for 19 years. He has a passion for guiding his students toward a healthier lifestyle and helping them to be physically fit. His knowledge of whole school wellness has led him to creating many innovative ideas, programs, and play areas for his school, including the one-of-a-kind North Carolina Creative Playground. He believes and encourages his school as a whole that embracing play and fitness is a positive lifestyle, and he encourages you to do the same. So here's my interview with Doug Smith. Doug, welcome to Playgrounding. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so glad you could join me. I I met you through my website. We got to talking a little bit about what you do, and I'm really excited. Um, you are into physical fitness and play in the education arena, and we have never had a teacher or anyone from education be on Playgrounding before, so I'm really excited for this conversation. Oh, great. Good. <laughs> well, first of all, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about how you became so passionate about play. Yeah, so I'm a 19-year veteran um, physical education teacher in Charlotte, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. I'm on the East Coast over here. Um, and I've been teaching elementary physical education the entire time. Mm. And I think it's because of my passion for just understanding who kids are and understanding their development and understanding how important play is. Um, and it's just been it's been a passion of mine to to uh, to teach kids and help them uh, move towards a healthier lifestyle and uh, be physically active and physically fit. And um, play is a that's really the the way kids should be doing it. Yeah. Um, by just going out and playing and being creative and exploring. And that's the way I grew up. 
Yeah. Um, I, I grew up, um, <clears throat> I wasn't necessarily in a lot of sports leagues. Um, we had a lot of freedom to, to roam around the neighborhood, to go down to the swimming pool and mm-hmm. swim all day and to go in the backyard and just pretend. And uh, <laughs> yes. that's just, it's just kind of, <laughs> it's kind of how I grew up. And I think it just kind of clicked with me in college that this is probably a route I should go. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I've, I have nothing but negative. I mean, I, I didn't like PA as a kid because I was a music person and I always yeah. wanted to let me go back to the music room. <laughs> but I was very, very yeah, much right. missing out on something very important. And I really regret that attitude now, but I do have fond memories of the free play time of running around the yard of <laughs> riding my bike. Um, and that's really unfortunate. I know. Um, so as a teacher out there in the world today, um, can you tell us a little bit about education in general and how physical education fits in and play, um, and then maybe at your own school as well? Well, yeah, and going back to what you just said, um, you know, physical education was probably not done the right way mm-hmm. when you were younger. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, if, you, if you do it right these days, and, and there's a lot of great programs out there, um, you, you should love PE. It should be a, <laughs> it should be a, it's usually the best part, one of the best parts of the week for kids, um, at least that's what I hear at my school. So that's great. Um, yeah, it should be it should be a, a great part. So, but yeah, I did not experience the greatest BE myself <laughs> growing <laughs> up. So, um, yeah, I think maybe that was that was another reason I wanted to make a change. Um, that's great. But yeah, education today is um, the whole play scene is is really I don't want to say non-existent, but it's you know we're living in an age of testing right now. Um, ever since the um, No Child Left Left Behind Act was mm-hmm. put into place, this is back in the Bush administration, mm-hmm. um, it's all been about testing. It's all been about standards-based. And yeah. so we're living in a testing environment, a testing culture, and what's not tested doesn't get taught. So Ooh. this is why you hear about the physical education, the arts, the music, the health education – either getting put on the back burner or not getting taught or is being eliminated, unfortunately, oh in a lot of situations. And, you know, there's a lot of wrong things about that. But mm-hmm. as, if you look at the big picture, it's just taken away from the whole child. Um, the, the physical, the emotional, the social aspect of the child, all of that is we're not teaching that anymore. It's, mm-hmm. it's so much testing that, that's going on um, that's being put on teachers' plates that, uh, you know, play and letting kids be kids sometimes is the farthest thing from their minds. Wow, that's really heartbreaking. That really bothers me a lot. I mean, you hear about these things, but I haven't, I, I don't have very many friends who are teachers, and I don't know what is maybe a news report that's bent in a certain direction, that kind of thing. It's, it's a good to actually right. hear from a teacher. Here's like what we're being told. Here are the priorities we're being well, given. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I just heard now, maybe you know this better. I, I just heard that um, we had a presenter in town and she was impressed that we still had physical education in <gasps> our schools in North Carolina. Have you, has it been cut from California? Cause I, this is what she was saying that I will look that up, but that is crazy. Okay. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, no, it is to me too. So I didn't know if that was right or not, but I, but, but it is a, it is a thing. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. there, even in our schools right now, it seems like every five to eight years we hear about us possibly getting cut. Oh, my and goodness. And then we have to justify our jobs, and then we have to, you know, really um, – I don't think we will. I, I think most people understand the importance of it, but 
um, we we do hear those rumors a lot. So that's why I was wondering if you know what's what's happening in some other states. But well, I know like in high school or as you get further up, they start replacing PE period with other things, which is what ended up happening with me. Um, it was like, well, right. if you're in if you're in the band right. or if you're in a special science course or art, they will just right. yeah, you'll you'll just do that instead of PE. As if, you know, P yes, is just the yes. thing you get rid of. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It says one third of Californians. Yeah. I, I'll look this up more and put something on the show notes um, regarding that if anyone's curious. Okay. But it looks like, yeah, there has yeah. been a drastic cut to California. I just did a little Google search. But wow. Oh, wow. I had no idea yeah. that it was that bad. Yeah. Wow. Well, and, it, and, and, and I'll go into a little more detail about, mm-hmm. you know, uh, to me, and you, and you'll you'll hear this probably from me, that you know my philosophy as a physical education teacher is that I need to be more than just an influence in the gym. You know, mm-hmm. I need to be stepping beyond my gym and being an influence within the whole school culture and the whole school campus. Yeah. Um, because we we only kids only come to physical education once a week, and that doesn't cut it. You know, that's not enough really? to really make an impact on their fitness, to really make an impact on their skill base. Huh. And so we've got to do more. And that's that's one of the things that I've really focused on over the past 10 years at my school is is trying to step beyond my boundaries and have that greater influence and um, really have the teachers to buy in with the, with the, the whole school wellness and oh. helping kids to be healthy as a whole. Because, you know, <laughs> it's really not healthy to come to physical education for 45 minutes <laughs> and do a lot of healthy stuff and then go back to the classroom and sit for several hours. Exactly. Um, yeah. or, or go to PE for 45 minutes and then go to the cafeteria and open <laughs> your lunchbox and eat a bunch of junk food. So, <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's the big picture that we're looking at. And, um, uh, physical education is a very important part of it, but, uh, getting parents and getting teachers to really buy into the whole school idea and yeah. getting them to be, look at health and wellness as a whole. You know, and I, and I kind of want to ask you something. I know we kind of talked about some of the things we'd speak about. So I don't know if you have any really opinions on this, but I just have to ask. I, I know for myself, I'm learning that um, a cure for anxiety is physical activity. Uh, I brought my dog yeah. into the vet for, a, for something that she was doing that seemed like a, like a anxious activity, you know, and I was asking my vet, well, how can I help my dog with anxiety? And they're like, well, how much do you walk her? And how long do you walk her? And it's, it's summertime. <laughs> right. And so it's like, I kind of want to just get in and get out, you know, like go to the bathroom and let me be right, right. And I realized, wait, my poor little dog like needs to get active. And that's part of why she's processing this energy. And I know we all hear a lot yeah. about statistics around ADHD and, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And then sedating, like not sedating. I, I don't know. So I'm speaking from ignorance here. Um, but giving mm-hmm. children anti-anxiety medication, things like that. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have any opinions around that um, in physical, as it relates to physical fitness? Yeah, so I'm going to refer you to a book called Spark, The okay. Revolutionary New Science of Exercise in the Brain, okay. um, written by Dr. John Rady. Okay. And um, I've read his book. I've seen him. I went to a, a luncheon to see him, and I followed him for, for many years and listened to his TED Talks. Mm-hmm. And um, he will blow you away with, with all this. He, he really looks at exercise um, from a brain standpoint. Mm-hmm. That exercise mm-hmm. is for our brain first, and our body actually gets the second benefit. Really? You know, it's kind of a backwards way. Yeah, we think of it, that's kind of a backwards way of thinking, but it makes <laughs> It does so much for our brain, and you talk about anxiety, and you talk about depression, and mm-hmm. all of that. Um, I mean, there was just an article in Time Magazine this past week, and it, it talked about depression, and they said one of the 
one of the ways you know you can you can help with that is exercise mm-hmm. um, and there, there's just ongoing research with that so um, yeah you're right there's 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 a lot to that um, and he really spells it out it's it's uh, I would re- I would refer to him and look up some of his stuff because it's it's pretty incredible Wow, I mean, and it's so easy just to see the phys- physical activity as a, a fluff, a fluff activity, and something that people do when they want to fit into a certain size jeans. You don't really think of it as a health issue. And I think one of the first places that that message is relayed is, oh, well, PE is not that important. Let's cut that first. Um, mm-hmm, at at right. a very young age, you start to see it as a as a nice to have, but only if you really like doing sports and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Wow, that's I'll definitely. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of. There's a lot of research that, that really leads you to exercise is important to assist and help prepare you for learning as well. Mm, um, the, that's something that came out of that book as well. And, and one of the things that I do at my school, um, I started a program in the mornings where I do morning exercises um, on our, we have like a closed circuit TV system where it feeds out to the classrooms and oh, they nice. get to watch the morning news. Huh. And so I go on and do exercises with the kids and it's very intentional um, not just to, you know, get them active, but it's very intentional to gear them towards getting their brains ready and prepared for learning for the day. Huh. So we look at it, we look, you, you can look at it in a variety of different ways. I mean, physical activity, exercise, play, all of that is not just, you know, physical physique or whatever, you know, it's, it's a lot of, like, like Dr. John Reddy said, I think it's, you know, it's really geared for our brain and really can help us in so many different ways. Yeah, that's fascinating. I've actually myself had have been having great results with, you know, I, I had a trainer on a few, like a couple months ago. And I, you know, I've really, really been consistent with it. And it's just been an amazing experience, because I already feel the difference um, of having worked that into my everyday life and my anxiety levels have gone way down. Um, my productivity has gone way up. And you would think, oh, I'm taking time out of my day to go down to this gym and take an hour out. But it's actually made the time mm-hmm. I work far more effective and I feel so much better and stronger you know (laughs) Um, yeah right right wow and so 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 can we make the connection now I mean we talked a little about fitness that kind of thing specifically about play um, because it seems like there's a, a level to this like a layer to this that is a little deeper than just your basic physical fitness, let's get the job done, you know. <laughs> um, right, talk, right. Talk a little bit about play as it relates to all of this for you. Well, play is really, you know, just going outside and just being playful and being creative mm-hmm. um, can just light up the brain as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, a, I did a, I did a, a talk. It's, it's not a TED talk, but we call it a teacher talk for our school district. Cool. And I, I borrowed some scans that are very famous. You might can see them online mm-hmm. that show how they did a scan on the brain from someone who's been sitting for a while and then someone who just went for a 20 minute walk. Mm-hmm. And it shows you how your brain is just lit up. I mean, there's, there's, you know, so active um, and engaged and, and um, helps you to be more attentive and all those things. And, and, that was just from a 20 minute walk and it doesn't Mm. have to be to me what I've read. I mean, yeah, moderate to vigorous physical activity is, is important or physical exercise, but physical activity is kind of a bigger umbrella. Mm -hmm. And under that umbrella comes play or exercise or all these, you know, all these different ways of moving and just kind of engaging yourself and play is, is part of that. It's a big part of that. It just, it lights up your brain. It, It helps you to, I mean, you know, you, you just said that you went to a gym, mm-hmm. 
um, to, to do something for an hour. Um, you could get, you know, a lot of time. I actually just canceled one of my gym memberships uh-huh. because I just was like, like, I'm going to, we actually, we live in a place that I can access a park and a na- my neighborhood. I can run and I can go outside and I can be in nature and I can be outdoors and I can mm. just kind of get a good workout that way. Not everybody has that, yeah. uh, obviously, but um, I just kind of got bored of being on a treadmill. <laughs> just, you know, that just doesn't, that just doesn't do it. Like, I think if you were to look at a continuum or a, a line of the best kind of exercise and, and the worst, which there's not really a worst, but um, being on a treadmill by yourself mm-hmm. probably doesn't get as much benefit as being outside, maybe with someone else and being engaged in physical activity that gives you more bang for your buck. Yeah, you know, and, I used to I used to make an excuse of this um, for where I live because I live very close to downtown LA, just outside of mm-hmm. downtown enough that it's not necessarily the best neighborhood. I, I often will right. run into some very disturbing things, remnants from the night before on the streets where I walk. Yeah. But I still go for walks because I, I find that there are a number of people who live around here that do go for walks and we see each other and us being on the streets. I mean, it's that for me adds a, a level to it. It also makes me care more for my streets. I think more about, I, I will stop and pick up trash. Um, if there's a trash can nearby, you know, things like that, mm-hmm. um, carefully with a Kleenex because you know, <laughs> but it's, it, it brings yeah, us, right. it brings us more of a connection with the actual physical environment we live in. And I have started, taking note even around the LA river, which is notoriously not the nicest smelling or looking river, but I'm Mm -hmm. starting to make note now on my walks of, you know, those trees are really beautiful. You know, they're blooming right right. now. Like I, I am more connected to my neighborhood because I, I can't bring myself to go on a treadmill. (laughs) I just can't. Right. But yeah, so it's now my only, my only foil is the sun. So I have to make sure I get up early enough or like start my walk just around sundown (laughs) because I really don't, you can't be out here late at night. But yeah, for, for those of us who hate those kind like treadmills and then make the excuse that we live in not the best neighborhood, there are actually benefits to taking our physical activity into those neighborhoods. You know, there are safe times to do it usually. Right. Right. (laughs) Just to make a case for that. Well, you know, there's, it's, and there's a lot of people who live in safe neighborhoods, but because of uh, a lot of different um, influences, are bec- we're becoming, you know, more fearful mm-hmm. of the the outside, yes. and we're more fearful of what could happen to our kids mm-hmm. as, as parents. Um, a lot of times, the the I've, I've read I can't remember which one of my books um, that I was reading, but they talk about how. Um, we're really a lot safer today than we were 30 or 40 years ago, mm-hmm. but you would think it's the opposite because of how media plays it out yeah. um, and how we see it on the TV all the time. And, you know, maybe one newsreel will get, you know, over and over and over or we, you know, they just blow it out of proportion. So yeah, there's a lot of people who don't go outside who should, and it's just because of fear. And that's, you know, that's something we're, we're all kind of having to, to deal with these days. Yeah, and I feel like there's from all the stuff I've been hearing about that in the in recent months, it almost seems like well parents today are more careful than parents in the 80s, mm-hmm. but I guarantee you my parents cared deeply about my well-being and and as right. well as the other children in my very, you know, in my neighborhood, but we were allowed to go out and play. So, you know, there have to be other factors there other than the, the you know, how much the parents right. care about their children's safety. I, I would beg to differ. Yeah, with right, that. right. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, it is. It's, it's it's different. I mean, there's like you say, there's some areas that are not safe yeah, to, to yeah. be out in, but um, there's a lot of there's a lot of fear too. I think. You mentioned when we were speaking before. Um, you mentioned something about playhood and and sort of. I don't remember school being very playful for myself, but I don't, you know, mm-hmm. do children play in school? I, I hear about very special schools, like the fancy schools where you pay thousands of dollars to send children for these experiential mm-hmm. things. Um, it, it, does play take a, is play a part of school these days? Okay, so in our state, we mm-hmm. have a, it's a, a state mandate, school board state mandate, mm-hmm. um, that says it is required to have 30 minutes of recess a day. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what ha- which is good. I mean, that's that's great that we had that mandate, and and our administrators and principals they have to follow through with that, and and so it's on our schedules every day. And teachers take kids out for thirty minutes every day. Um, a couple of issues with that, though. Um, like I said, if if something's not tested, it's not always held accountable, mm-hmm. or it's you know it's not taught. So with recess, um, obviously we don't test it, but what happens with thirty minutes of recess is. Teachers will take five to seven minutes to walk out. Mm. They'll take five to seven minutes to walk back in, and the kids might get 15 to 20 minutes of actual physical activity and playtime. Yeah. Um, and there is a big push. You talked initially. We started our conversation about education as a whole. Mm-hmm. There's a push in our in our country um, to have longer school days. Yeah. Um, and even longer school years. Um, and and we've experienced that in my school system. Um, as of six years ago, they uh, extended our school day at the elementary level by 45 minutes. Wow! But but did not add any additional movement or recess or physical activity time. All that mm. stayed the same. So the idea behind that, from you know school boards and state whatever superintendents, the idea behind all that is for kids to have more seated engagement time. Well, in elementary, they don't even go back and forth, right? They just sit in one classroom, correct? Uh, Yes. Well, um, they do switch classes um, from time to time. Yes. Sometimes you'll have, uh, yeah, you'll get up, take your book bags or books and go to another class for, Mm -hmm. for uh, math or literacy. Um, But yeah, you are in your room a lot. Wow. And um, so this belief system, this philosophy, education philosophy, is uh, what a lot of health professionals and a lot of research have called the sit and get method. Hmm. So they believe that we should be sitting our kids for long periods of time so that they can get lots of information. Oh and that, that's not how our brain works. <laughs> that's, that's, not what our body, that's not what our body needs. Mm-hmm. So we, we have this problem with extended school day, and then we have you know, recess is only one time a day. And it, and again, it's not always, they're not always getting the full benefit from it. So, um, yeah, play is, is, like I said, I don't want to say non-existent, but it's, it's minimal in most schools. Um, and so if you, if you extend the school day, I'm personally right now trying to fight to get, um, additional recess periods at our school. Um, and in our district trying to get at least two recess periods so that they really have, some time in the morning, some time in the afternoon. Um, and what, what teachers, you know, they, I think they understand it, but again, they're just not held accountable for it. Mm-hmm. What, I think teachers um, have to realize what, how much more bang for their buck they're going to get out of their kids if they can take them outside and have that play time. Yeah. Um, because it was just like, like I said, it will light up their brains and their brains will be ready to learn better. Yeah. Um, so, 
Well, and I think about like just being on a job. I don't know in the state of California, you get, you know, you're supposed to get a break. If like usually you get an hour if you work an eight hour day. Um, so you plan, you know, you're, you know, you go to work at eight and you come home at five or whatever. Um, but d- does that even pan out that way at all with the kids? Because even in the state of California, you get like two twenty, twenty 20 minute breaks if you have shorter than six okay. or eight. So, okay. so, I mean, do kid do you think that kids would, with what they're getting, at least in your school district, is that on par with what an adult would get in a seated desk job? <laughs> you, you know, I, I'll, I've said this several times that the the school system the education system in our country mirrors our our uh, our society mm-hmm. <laughs> you know so this this sitting and getting so much in the schools yeah. is ends up being what we do as adults yes um a lot of sitting and 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 you know being engaged on our laptops or whatever just a lot of sitting time mm-hmm. and um which the CDC is saying is you know a very unhealthy um lifestyle um, it's one of the risk factors now. They they just came up with a saying that sitting is the new smoking. Yep, I totally believe that. And right, right, that it's that that it's that dangerous to go down that path. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you see it in you see it in society too. But it, it mirrors it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it definitely. Um, wow, kind of can see those parallels. <laughs> yeah, I have a little I have a little yeah. watch now that tells me that I need to stand up. <laughs> Oh, yeah, 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 right. Some of that technology is really cool, yeah. (laughs) It's like, you've been sitting for a long time now. You need to stand up. It also tells me to breathe once in a while. Uh, (laughs) Take a moment. And, you know, and I mean, obviously I can set these things. At first it was kind of disconcerting, but now I realize I actually don't do those things unless my watch tells me to because it's a hard habit to break and you get it. You get it early on. Yeah, the the Fitbits, those kind of things, Mm -hmm. I wear those. I wear them every day when I'm teaching, and I, I easily... Well, I teach PE, so I'm on my feet all day, <laughs> yeah. but I'm, e- I'm easily getting twelve to 13,000 steps a day. Mm-hmm. And now that like I'm towards the tail end of my summer vacation right now, <laughs> it's like I know I'm not getting anywhere close to that. I, you know, it's like I need to get back to teaching just so I can get my steps in. Absolutely. Yeah, I had a CEO, um, CMO, I should say, a CMO in a job that I had and we were all going through a really difficult time. Um, just, you know, when sometimes your department, just everything's crazy. And she came to our little group and she went to all the groups, but she came to all of us and said, hey, I know you're stressed out. I know you don't have enough time in your day. And this is probably the last thing you want to do. But I just want to ask all of you to go for a walk. Just promise okay. me you'll go for a walk every day. And we all just kind of looked at her like she was crazy. We're like, what in the mm-hmm. world do you think we're made of like extra time? You know, I could go home. Right. I could be sitting in traffic and see my house first. But she was so right. And she actually started walking with us um, to try to emphasize that she desperately wanted us to have that mental health benefit. <laughs> and I've always appreciated yeah, right. that. She actually really influenced me that way um, to get up. And that's great. And it's just sad that, that as a as a whole – in the way that our education system has moved so far, that's not necessarily been a priority for kids to their detriment. Um, but are, are, is there enough of a movement, do you think, of teachers and parents that are working to change this kind of thing? Or do you think it's getting really any enough attention? It's it's getting some groundwork right now. I, I really believe it is. Um, now, I, I can tell you some things that we've done at our school. Um, we've, we've had some, some really good things happen to counteract some of this um and so yeah we're we're hoping to kind of make some continue the groundwork and continue to to make those um those advances but um 
Yeah, so do you want me to go into Absolutely. Yeah, I was going to say, what are some of the okay. things you're doing? <laughs> okay, yeah. So, well, you know, one thing that I would, and this is nothing that I've done, but I would, I would encourage schools to do this, is uh-huh. to try to get green space. Okay. A lot of, uh, if, they, if they can access their natural green space as much as possible, um, just by getting kids outside, being outdoors and being in nature really can help. Um, and I, I've learned a lot of this from a book that I told you about called The Last Child in the Woods. Oh, okay, yes. By uh, by Richard Love. I hope I'm saying his name right. Yeah. But um, what the author what um, the author talks about in Last Child in the Woods is that today kids are he's kind of categorizing kids or kind of recognizing that kids have nature deficit disorder. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, another label put on our kids, right? (laughs) But it's, but it's true. It's the same thing that, you know, kids are being grown are being raised indoors more not getting outside as much. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we, we're very fortunate in my school that we have a lot of green space. We have woods. We actually have a trail on our, in our, on our campus. Mm -hmm. Um, we have fields, green, all that kind of stuff. Um, does it get used? (laughs) That's the other (laughs) question. Uh, it needs to get used more, but, um, that's part of my, you know, whole mission and helping teachers try to get out there. But, um, yeah, the, 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 that's one thing that I would try to encourage. So if I was at a school that didn't have that, I know a lot of schools, um, schools in the city, you know, a lot of schools have just parking lots to mm-hmm. play on. Yep. And they ha- and so I would, you know, whatever you can do at your school to try to get green space, you grow, grow some trees, uh, grow some patches, you know, mm-hmm. fields of grass, if you can, anything you can do, like it, it really makes a difference just having kids exposed to green space. Yeah. Um, so that's that's one thing I haven't actually done that, but that's just a benefit of our school that we that we have. I'm just I'm just lucky to be there. That's great. Um, we have done uh, two more things that are um, we've worked on is something called the um, we found a website called the Global I think it's called Global Outdoor Classroom Day, mm-hmm. and it's where you can take your classes outdoors for your um, for your classes that day. And we've had a few teachers really buy into that. Um, because, you know, when you take them, think about when you go and learn something in a different environment, like a multi-sensory environment, mm-hmm. um, especially outside, the information you're going to get that day, you're going to remember it. You're yes. going to retain it. It's going to stick with you a lot more. You're going to remember, oh, I was, we were in our outdoor classroom when we learned <laughs> that, you know, you'll remember that, you know. So we've done that on occasion. and have had some teachers really buy into that, which is really cool. Um, That's great. But the biggest thing, I, yeah, the big thing I want to share is... Um, kind of our, our baby at our school. Um, we had um, the little story to go behind with this, but we had uh, about six years ago, we had our PTA said, well, we have money to put in a new playground. And I had just finished reading Last Child in the Woods. Mm-hmm. And I had just read some research that said uh, playgrounds are boring for kids mm-hmm. today, like the typical monkey bars and the, the metal bars that they climb on that, that kids are kind of bored with that. And yeah. I was like, I, I was kind of taken back by that. Well, so I went out to recess and I started watching the kids and, and literally, you know, I've been talking about how sitting is bad for you. Mm-hmm. I literally was watching kids sit on top of the monkey bars. They were just <laughs> sitting there. Yep. You know, and it was like, okay, you're not using them. You're right. It is boring. You're just sitting there. We <laughs> obviously have taught you how well to sit. Um, and so that's what they're using them for. So I, I came up with the idea. I said, well, maybe can we, as a committee, 
kind of let's think outside the box a little bit. And I had also come across something called natural playgrounds Hmm. where you can use natural elements. A lot of times, like in the woods, you can use a fallen tree as your balance beam and you can use sticks to build forts and, you know, using the the elements, the natural elements to to make yourself, you know, make a playground. And um, they they liked that idea, but they didn't want to be in the woods. (laughs) (laughs) So, and you actually so have woods around have, you too, probably up there. And we actually have the woods <laughs> to use. That's what I'm saying. Um, so we uh, we we kind of compromised, and we decided we were going to make a play area uh, next to the woods. So mm-hmm. it's out of the woods, but it's next to the woods. Um, and we had a parent who really bought into this idea and designed what we now call the North Carolina playground. Huh. And we had a lot of organizations donate resources and materials to us and they, and she created design and we now have a playground that's that if you, you can actually look at it from Google earth and you can see the design of the shape of our state. Oh my goodness. And within the shape, we have natural elements. We have like our three different uh, regions that we have in our state. So we have a this region Mm-hmm. And we had some boulders put in. The kids can climb and sit on the boulders and play, you know, climb across them. Um, we had someone put in a teepee oh, uh, to represent yeah. our Cherokee Indians and Na- the Native Americans' history, um, which is awesome for play yeah. and, and creative. Yeah. Um, we have the Piedmont region of our state. Mm-hmm. We had put in tree stumps. So we have kind of like um, a tree stump, mini tree stump area that's kind of like an outdoor classroom that kids can stand and leap across or actually have lessons on, on the tree stumps. Um, and then they put in a, um, someone built us a mini log cabin mm-hmm. that kid, and, and which is, I mean, I, I couldn't believe how um, just creative and fun and playful my fifth graders were. Your fifth I'm not graders? My kindergarten. My not even my kindergartners. When we opened this, when we opened this park, my fifth graders went out there and they were like playing um, house. No and way. They were playing like they were they were stick their head out the windows of the little um, log cabin and they would play like you know oh we're coming through the drive through and they were just they were just creatively free playing and I was just like oh. man this is so awesome this is what we wanted you know. Um, and it just awesome. helped reconnect them to not only nature, but to play as well. So that's, that's awesome. been our, um, that's been our baby. And, um, and we also have a coastal region. So North Carolina has a coastal region. We're on the coast uh-huh. and we have someone donated a boat and we, they can play in the boat and pretend like they're driving the boat and we have a sand pit. And so it's just, a, it's, it's just, yeah, very, that's very amazing. cool place. Do you have any pictures so, yeah. of that we can put on the website or give yeah, links to? Yeah, I can to? send you some, sure. Oh, that would be sure, wonderful. Yeah. No, I just Fifth graders, man, they're just like already done with all the baby stuff. you know. Right. So, but no way if they're that excited about it. <laughs> that's, that's where it really opened my eyes. Like I knew instinctively that this would be good for all of our students. <sighs> but when I saw them get out there and just like, you know, they weren't just like playing you know, oh, we're we're just going to play basketball or whatever, mm-hmm. which, you know, nothing against that. But it was just mm-hmm. seeing them in their natural play element. Yeah, and, and free uh, play so is, it was just so cool. Yeah, that's so important. We talk a lot about free play on the podcast, and it's just I love to hear solutions and finding ways to, like, create playgrounds that really get kids going, get them playing. 
um, in the free play mindset. It's definitely a different mindset than playing basketball, which is also good. Um, yeah, but speaking yeah, of right. like games, I actually want to ask you, you have a blog and on that blog, mm -hmm. you have a, a certain project you did around the, the, the phrase, can I play? <laughs> can you, yeah. Can you yeah, talk a little I, bit I, about I, that? <laughs> Yeah, and I appreciate you uh, you recognizing that phrase because I think that's a that is a good title. Uh -huh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, two thousand it was two thousand eleven. So it's been a while um, that I saw this video mm -hmm. online, and it was an advertisement for some kind of nutritional supplement. I don't even know what it was, but they had a really cool advertisement around it. They took this Navy SEAL guy, and they were wanting to show how he could recover using this, you know, recover from his workouts using the supplement. Mm -hmm. And what they did is they took him on a challenge where he had to play a different sport every single day for 30 days. And then they showed him taking the supplement. I, I, I mean, I don't even know what the supplement was. I'm not into that or anything, but yeah. I just thought, Oh man, that is, that sounds really fun and playful to me. Like uh -huh. that, I don't know. That just spoke to my playful nature. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, um, I am off in the summer. Let's see what I could do with this. And, um, of course I have a family and kids and like, I thought, well, maybe I should like modify it a little bit. So what I did is I said, okay, let me take a challenge and see if I could play a different sport every three days. Mm -hmm. And so what I came up with was, um, 30 sports in 90 days. Cool. And, um, I started blogging about it when I did it because I, I realized I enjoyed writing as well. I started, nice. real, oh, I didn't realize I enjoyed this so much. Yeah. So, and it was, it, so what I did was um, I started contacting places around Charlotte, around our area in North Carolina. And I said, well, you know, let me just see, just kind of for fun, what's out there. Mm -hmm. And I can't believe how many clubs and organizations that Charlotte had to offer um, that was able, that I was able to go and participate in. Oh. And, um, when I, when I called them or when I emailed them and say, Hey, I would love to come check you out. And like, you know, maybe you throw me into a game or you like teach me how to play a little bit and throw me into it. And, um, and then I'll advertise for you on the blog. And, um, what kind of came out of that was I kept asking the question, can I play? Mm. And every single time was yes. You know, Come on and, and, and participate with us. And what what was so cool is I didn't even realize this until I got back to school that year. And I told my kids, you know, you always sit there and say, what do you do this summer? What, you know, what would you do? What would you do? And I got to tell the kids I played 30 sports. Like, wow, I didn't even know there was. They didn't even know there was 30 sports. I, I can't believe that. But what came out of that was a lesson for the kids that when you're on the playground, when you're playing and someone wants to come join your game, mm -hmm. they ask, can I play? And you have to say yes. Yes. And so this whole, that's really what came out of that for the kids was understanding, accepting each other and allowing them to play and not, you know, you know, letting people play in their own, you know, let them come in and play and be a part of it and you accept them. And, um, that was, that's been a big lesson for my kids. And I, I've really, I had no idea that was going to come out of that. So it was that's very cool. Great. Well, it sounds um, like, so that's kind of my tagline for recess. Can I play? Yeah. And it sounds like your kids are learning a lot from you, just having a playful nature to be able to do something like that in the first place. And how did you retain playfulness? Like how, what was your play as a child? 
Well, you know, like I said, um, I was given a lot of freedom to kind of mm-hmm. roam around a little bit and, and go to the pool. My, I can, um, I don't know why I have this memory, but I have this <laughs> one memory, like my house, I grew up an only child. So Me too, yeah. I probably, <laughs> so I don't know, I think being an only child, you have to be creative. You yep, know, you have absolutely. to have three, ten friends and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Lots of them. But my, um, <laughs> my, uh, my house was like my playground. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can vividly remember being young and like putting on Superman costumes and dressing up and running around the house and just pretending and being a superhero. Yes. And, and um, for some reason, that memory just has stayed with me all my life. You know, like this is, that was some of my finest moments. <laughs> I love, I love just, I just love, you know, being creative and playing. So I think that's why I love Halloween so much. I get to go yes. dress up every year. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. awesome. And it just feels like some people lose that sense of play. And then some people become who like, like you, who is taking play out into the world still as an adult and, and influencing the lives of children. Um, that's just having done that exercise for the summer and introducing kids to things that they'd never thought of that that's really inspiring they're going to remember that <laughs> they're definitely going to remember yeah that. it was it, it was very cool i mean i did kind of think about well i better you know if i'm going to teach some of this stuff i should probably have played it in my life i mean you know <laughs> most people play one or two sports growing up mm-hmm. and they don't you know don't play everything so it was it was very cool now i will add one thing to that which is which is very important is the social aspect oh. it forced it forced me to go meet people and to really start interacting with a wide variety of, of different people and different cultures in my city, mm-hmm. and um, which also can relate to recess mm-hmm. as well, and, and relating and accepting of other people in your class. So mm-hmm. it was a it, it was a fantastic experience, and and I'll, I'll tell you, it's 2017. I haven't had a summer as good as that one in a while. I mean, oh. that was like <laughs> to me, that was like I was just like. That was a, I felt the most alive that summer Aww. because I, I did that. So just being playful and connecting with other people. You know, maybe with my 100 days of play, 100 days is a long time. It's a lot of days of play. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. and there are some times where like, okay, so I've already failed twice and I'm only in my second week. So I have two days. Okay, I won't right. use the word fail. Right. I think my friend Ben would probably not like me using that word. The flying raccoon, the gentleman in required, who uh, started this. Oh, yeah, yeah this. I saw him. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. I, I've already lost two days, but it's just mostly from poor planning and I try to just fill in with some play with the dog a little extra that day or something like that but going Mm -hmm. out into your community and finding places where you can just walk up and say can I play um yeah right right what were some and and, and give your give yourself some forgiveness on that because (laughs) I mean I I even I even wrote on my blog I think my fourth or fifth event that I did we had taken our kids to Disney World and I I wrote walking at disney as my sport and i was like i know this is not a sport but then i thought well i did see speed walking in the 96 olympics so i'll yep. pass it off as that so absolutely <laughs> so i counted that one but uh, yeah so anyway <laughs> that's really awesome wow oh, well this is this is exciting just out of curiosity i just i can't help but ask are there any really weird sports like things that you never realized would be available in your community that you stumbled upon while you're doing this yeah. Yeah, this, I mean, um, now the one thing that I took away from that, that I still just fell in love with was mm-hmm. paddleboarding. So I, I, I love paddleboarding and I, and I was introduced to that that summer. So that was, that was so cool, but there was, um, and I, I'd have to look to see if we still have this, but there's a sport called kayak polo. What? So if, and we, and we had that on one of our local lakes that we had here, that we have here. 
um, where you're in a kayak mm-hmm. and you're paddling and you go for the ball and it's you bump in, you know, into each other to get the ball and there's like these floating goals in the water and you're it's kind of like basketball or polo, you know, oh, water my polo. Goodness. So a combination. And yeah, that was like, yeah, that was very cool. I, I really... <laughs> I really enjoyed that, except oh, I flipped over and I couldn't get out and I had oh. to try to get out, but I, I got out. So. Ah, that always scares me yeah. when I see kayaks. I'm like, I would drown. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I lo- yeah, I love kayaking too. So, you yeah. know, yeah, I guess it's just a matter of just getting on the internet and looking and seeing what's available in your community or just going to a park and seeing what's happening or, wow. Wow, well, this is exciting because it's, I think, you know, when I first started the podcast, I was really trying to differentiate myself from being like a because when you when you google play you get mostly you know teaching and um, parenting advice and Mm -hmm. I don't have Mm -hmm. any of either of those two things so I figured but I Mm -hmm. feel passionately about play I want to talk to adults but I think the farther along I've gone in this the more I've realized we need to talk about kids Um, if only because if you actually find yourself in the camp of, of caring about play enough to realize how important it is for adults we have to be caring for what happens to our to the generations behind us and the kind of opportunities that they do or don't have. And I think one of the biggest surprises that I've had throughout this time of research and listening to people like you is understanding that kids' opportunities are dwindling at this point for a variety mm-hmm. of reasons. It's no one person's fault. It's no one institution's fault. Um, but we have to actually start, start trying to steer this ship around. And it's not just teachers' mm-hmm. responsibility parents' responsibilities. There are advocacy groups all over town. And I know when there are things like hunger and poverty and homelessness um, going on in our communities, it can seem weird to get involved in something like that. But we're talking about the mental health of, of future generations, the physical health. Right. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a mindset um, that, yeah, I just feel like it's important for us to be passing down. I'm actually trying right now to figure out where in LA I can go. So if any of you out there have any ideas for I want to get more local with my community and try to help get behind organizations that are trying to build playgrounds like the ones he was talking about um mm-hmm. so this is something I'm just I can't open this can of worms for another month because I have a big bunch mm-hmm. of travel coming up in the next little but I get excited and then I jump in and then I'm like ah too much but um this fall oh, yeah. this yep. fall that's what I would really what, like to be emphasizing for myself is finding out how I can be a part of a solution instead of just saying yeah teachers and schools need to figure that out Oh, yeah, parents need to figure out. No, 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 no. We all as a community need to together be right. helping provide opportunities for children to play. Um, so thank you for spending your, your life and dedicating your work to this kind of thing. This is, this is amazing and really touching. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Is there anything? I know we can definitely be directing people to listen to your teacher talk. Um, are there any other things that are going on for you in the next little bit that are exciting or things we can be watching. I'll definitely link to your blog as well um, as you get to start school. I just got to keep plugging away. Okay. Got to keep (laughs) convincing, just keep convincing and laying the groundwork for it. That's awesome. Great. And I'll also include links to the books um, and the other Ted talk that we discussed here as well on the show notes. And, um, yeah. Wow. This is awesome. Thank yeah. you so much. And, I, and I'll leave with I'll, I'll leave with one quote because sure. I, I have to. Uh, I speaking of being playful, I think this guy is extremely playful. And if you ever go to his concerts, it is very playful. But I'm a big Jimmy Buffett fan. Ah. And uh, <laughs> and I, I I love his quote. And I think he sings changes in attitudes and changes in latitudes. And he says, if we couldn't all laugh, we'd all go insane. <laughs> so um, you know, uh, I, I like that. We have to we have to keep laughing and playing.
Absolutely. I think I'll make that my quote of the of the week for this episode. I try to at least choose one go. thing. So <laughs> awesome. There you go. Well, thank you so much for your time and for all the work that you do. I really appreciate this. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. It's awesome. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and also go to playgrounding.com to sign up for the best in play email that you will get weekly. It's a little bit of stuff that maybe I don't share with the whole world on the podcast. It's, you know, it's my little email from me to you. So sign up at playgrounding.com. It's the best in play email. Talk to you next week. Have a lovely, playful week.